Welcome to Nature Back Podcast, where we are talking about the future of this planet. Today, the topic is fungi. Today, we're talking to one of the winners of the Future of Fungi Award. Uh, Susanne, you were the organizer of this competition. What was it all about? Well, you know, the fungal kingdom, uh, we've just seen the start of that there's so many applications we can use fungi for when it comes to the environmental solutions we need uh, from, you know, materials and alternative protein, uh, fungi can eat plastics, um, you can use it in agriculture to reduce pesticides, what have you, but still we're just scratching the surface. There's so much more that we can use fungi for. And as Scientific American says, you know, we're really standing in front of this fungal revolution. So, and it has been a bit undercommunicated, by some a bit misunderstood. I mean, right, fungi is not... The point with the word is that uh, we are, we believe that we stand in front of so many more uh, innovations to be made in this space. And um, that we wanted to have the word for to uncover, since it's early, uncover the new and frontier ways we can use fungi for environmental solutions. So we want to honor the research, we want to inspire to more research and innovation in the space, and also to um, commercialize more of this research, get this research off the ground in real world solutions, and, and tell the world about fungi. Mm. Uh, these are fungi. So just quickly about the award, I mean, we have a research award and a startup, uh, they get a money prize, but they also get access to, to the network. We had 260 applications across 70 countries, all corners of the world this year. And we have some fantastic winners of this first award, including Jens, which you have here. Which we have here in the studio, uh, virtual studio, of course, in the 21st century. Congratulations, Jens. Thank you very much. What was the project about? Yeah, so the project uh, is about that uh, making a battery that can be used for storing electricity from renewable sources, so that's solar panels and windmills. But our battery is based on pigments from fungi. So it's the world, world's first um, biosynthesized battery. So the sustainable thinking is that it's much better than the... Uh, the solutions right now, which are based on mining, different metal ions, or chemical synthesis based on compounds or chemicals from oil industry. Basically, you can use fungi as a battery. What the heck? It's, yeah, almost. So you use uh, the pigments that the fungi produce. So it's two separate things. So you should imagine that you have fungi growing in a big bioreactor uh, one site and then you harvest the pigments from there and then you put them into a liquid battery so it, it's not like the the when you think about batteries you think about small uh, solid state batteries or lithium batteries this is completely different type of batteries they're called redox flow batteries so imagine that there are two liquid tanks in one tank you have one molecule that likes to donate an electron and the other tank you have another molecule that likes to accept this electron. And then you have a flow of electrons, which is basically electricity. And there the fungal pigments come in because some of them are super good at donating other, uh, electrons and others are super good at accepting these. 
you're talking about the tanks. Is it something, you know, microscopic in a lab or is the tank something like, you know, massive ones next to the power station? So the, the model that we have made is uh, uh, on lab scale at the moment. So that's 15, 20 milliliter tanks, small bottles. But if this is to go out of the lab and be made into real world, and which is our plan, then we are talking really, really big, thousands of liter tanks. Uh, how far, you know, if everything goes well, the you know fungi is growing exactly as you want to, and the pigments are exactly, and you get funding as much as you need. How far are we from the moment when it comes from this microscopic lab grown to that out in the world? Uh, so if you get the more the realistic amount of funding, then it will take five years. Of course, this can be very much accelerated by unlimited funding. But but we have to, there are several factors that need to be improved and, and things that we would like to investigate even further. But but five years is is the time frame that we are looking at until that we are out and testing in, in a real real world setting. Mm. Uh the uh why now i mean i assume fungi has been growing forever yeah so that's a good question so it has also been several years in the development but so i've worked with fungi for for many many years but eight years ago nine years ago there, there was a, the first publication coming out of redox flow batteries based on type of molecules called quinones and these molecules uh, in the first publications and also all the other ones that came afterwards, they were based on chemically synthesized molecules. But when I heard about this, I said to myself, okay, these molecules, they look very, very much similar to the ones that we find in the fungal world. Because these are the ones that when you look at the fungal world, it's just full of beautiful colors. And all these colors, they come from pigments. And many of these pigments, they have much similar structures so so that gave us the thought that uh, maybe this will also work if we have fungi to produce these and and then we have done a lot of work in, in the meantime just to find the right compounds and testing them and and scaling and everything so long process uh any way to kind of scale, kind of measure that process? Uh, I mean, I don't know. You have had a had a team of twenty students working for five years to do this work, or um, yeah. So it's actually been a, a, a huge collaboration that that we have had in in Denmark that has involved the the group here on my campus in Espia, and then we have had two groups on our uh, main campus in Aalborg, um, and then we also had another group. From, from the Technical University in Denmark. And, and we were so lucky that we get, got quite a lot of money from the Novo Nordisk Foundation in Denmark. Um, and, and that helped us to, to work together. So it was a huge interdisciplinary project where we just attacked it from all angles, uh, finding the right molecule through computer simulation and finding the right fungus and the right extraction procedures and then we did bioinformatics to figure out how these uh, molecules are produced. And then we did some very hardcore electrochemical stuff to, to, to make converters so that the battery 
when it's actually functioning, that we can connect it to the already existing grid. So, so many different people and experts working together on this. I think in, in terms of PhD students and postdocs, then we are at nine in total the involved so far uh, from, from different groups and, and many, many master students and, and other students that have helped in, in this on all many different things. Mm-hmm. I assume there are, you know, something similar surely going on somewhere else in the world. No, uh, not as far as I know. Nope. <laughs> Me neither. No, no okay. yeah. So I've I've been to several uh, conferences to to talk about this, and every time, um, people they just uh, first they in the beginning they thought this is something crazy when we talked about this that this is just uh, does not make sense, uh, and then we showed them that it actually works. Uh, with our prototype and and that made it an even better story um and and so so that has been super amazing to to go with that yes if i can just comment on that i mean um this is what the word is about right it's about the new frontier solutions and innovations and yes uh, this research is such a good example of you know mind-blowing and moonshot ways we can use fungi for environmental solutions so not only is this, you know, really honoring Jens and the team's work, but it's really an inspiration to more of the scientists and innovators out there, how we can leverage fungi for environmental solutions. I mean, battery sounds crazy. Fungal batteries. Yeah, it does. And, and, and it's also when, when we first started this, then, then we also were, it was easy story to tell and and we have done a, a lot of pr for for this um, and also attracting funding has also been 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 fine uh, but i think it's also that we're really addressing a super important challenge that that we need to to meet so in denmark we like to see ourselves on the forefront in green transition and and making uh, electricity from renewable sources but if we are to rely on energy only produced by solar panels and windmills, then we have a problem because we are dealing with some super unreliable partners in this equation. So when I look outside the window today, then it's very gray and it, the sun is about to, to set right now. So that happens every day that the sun disappears, right? So, so then we don't get the electricity produced. And also sometimes the wind doesn't blow, even though that I'm working from the west coast in Denmark, you know, where the wind nearly always blows, but sometimes it doesn't. And and then we have us, the consumers, when we come home from work, then we plug in our electrical cars and we start to make food and we want to wash our clothes and all of that and watch television and what have you. So, so there is a huge unalignment in when electricity is produced and when it's consumed. So therefore, we need energy storage solutions. And right now, all these solutions are absolutely not very sustainable. And and so something has to happen. And I think that also is uh, is a huge selling point for our fungal battery. Absolutely. And if I can just add that, uh, this also shows how we can increasingly use biology and nature solutions to restore nature or be, you know, mm-hmm. enable more sustainable Transition. McKinsey says that 60% of input for the global economy can be done by biology. So 
it's always like, what can we use, you know, living things to, for the products we need? But yes, and that's, that's, you know, we will see much more of that going onwards. Mm. Sounds amazing. Uh, the, so looking ahead, Jens, uh, what are the kind of challenges for you guys in 2024? So the, the next thing that we would like to do is, of course, that taking the first step towards getting out of our lab. And, and that means that we have to improve or increase our production. And then we will start doing the, the next scale up, which is stacking our batteries together. Uh, so, so right now we're just working on one battery, but we will make that bigger and bigger. So producing sufficient amount of of our molecule will be the next step at, but we all we have to improve several steps before we are sure that this is the one that we will work with in the future so looking at all the different stability issues and and stuff like that will also need to be solved before mm -hmm. we have a commercially available battery uh, pigment is just color right yes okay. exactly yes so yes. Be... so so, so the so the the compound that we are working with is uh, is a red pigment under some conditions. That's the, it's the, often these pigments they are depending on pH. So if you have them under alkaline condition, they're red. But if you have them under acidic condition, then they're yellow. Um, and and of course the, the, they have different biological roles in nature. So they are not used for storing energy in a living fungus they are they're used to well that of course we don't know exactly why fungi they produce pigments but but some some of these compounds they have antibacterial properties and that has also something to do with the ability to to mess with uh, oxidation and reduction and and stealing electrons mm. uh, but but they also protect the fungi themselves from whatever that the, the sunlight can do to them. But basically out of the production, the whole waste would be just fungi, relatively organic, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> th that is exactly true. So, And of course, one of the things that we're also looking into is that in order for us to grow a fungus, then we can either use uh, uh, buy expensive growth media, but what would be even better is if we could somehow use already waste material to grow a fungus on that, that would make it even more sustainable. Mm, absolutely. Good. Uh, thank you so much, Jens, for this discussion. And thank you, Susanne, for setting up such a wonderful surprise and, you know, good luck to ev everyone in the fungi world. Thank you very much. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. 
I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.